0: Uh, it says, in the early morning hours of February 27th, 1991 on the Gardner Expressway at Jameson near Leslie Street exit in Toronto, Canada, traffic was blocked for countless hours. This is a newspaper clipping of that car accident. After an hour, the jaws of life. Extracted the motorist. This motorist was me. Now I need to warn you, the following images may be a little disturbing. This is for mature audiences only. You have been advised. <laughs> Your discretion is advised. My body was broken. That's my arm. My arm. My left arm is straight, my right arm is broken. There are eight screws and two plates of metal in here that keep it together. Now after my accident... Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't know what I did. Anyway, after my accident, I had saw these dreams where my body would be in the grave, All the flesh would have been decayed. Someone would lift up my arm. The flesh would fall away, but the bones would still be connected by the metal that's holding together. That always bothered me. It felt to me like it was so unreal that I was no longer human in some way. But God has a plan. Now, that wasn't the only thing that was broken. My second cervical, I broke my neck. My second cervical was uh, was fractured. I wore a halo vest for three months. A halo vest is, is an apparatus where there's a ring around your head that puts four screws to your skull. Two in the front, two in the back. That's why I have two dimples in the front and I have two more in the back. My second cervical was, was fractured. Now if you remember Eric, uh, Joni Erickson, she had the same problem. Except back then they didn't have um, halo vests. They strapped her to a table for three months. For me, I was, I guess, a little bit fortunate where technology was advanced, and I was given this halo vest where I was still able to move around, but I still had this massive thing on my head. My thigh bone snapped. It broke in half. You saw the steering wheel. Well, that steering wheel broke my leg in half. They inserted a titanium bar, but my body started to reject that titanium bar. So my right leg started to inflame, swell. It was gonna burst the skin. So the doctors thought, okay, make an incision from my knee down to the the back area, (laughs) my buttocks. Let the swelling run its course. So the swelling ran its course, but as it started to shrink again, they worried that this leg would get infected. So they grafted skin from my left leg, on to my right leg. This is my steak, my slab of steak. My daughter calls it the banana. <laughs> <laughs> now this motorist survived 16 days in a coma, and I stand here now to give testament of God's good purposes. Hi, I'm Matthew, Matthew Wong, one of the under shepherds or elders of AIC. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for allowing us to come to your house and, and enjoy your blessings, Lord. The love that you've given us, the fellowship that we have with other believers, and the joy, Lord, the pure joy of just being your sons and daughters and knowing that you are our God. I pray in your son's name. Amen. Now, after my coma, after, I guess on the 17th day when I, I awoke, it was very strange because for me it was still like a dream state. <laughs> you know, I've just been asleep for like 16 days. And my parents were really worried because I would not respond. I was in a coma. My eyes would be up, my, my eyes would be open. Sometimes I would follow them in the room with my eyes, but I would not respond. I wouldn't say hi, I wouldn't say how you're doing. They talked to me, but I just sat there like a dummy, motionless, speechless. But when I started becoming aware of things, I felt this heavy thing, because that halo vest is a few kilograms, I don't know how heavy, but it was, I felt top heavy. And my chest, the vest, was plastic, so it was smooth, it was like like armor. And in dream state, I said, Mom, Dad, what's going on? Are you trying to change me into a turtle? I'm in a dream state, okay? I'm in a dream state. Mom, dad, are you trying to change me into a turtle? This is my dream, my brain working over time. And they're like amazed that I said something, anything. After 2 weeks, after half a month, I said something. So they're happy and they're amazed and they're cheering. And I'm thinking I'm in a dream state. Like, "Mom, dad, you're happy I'm turning into a turtle. I'm becoming a turtle. You're happy. What's going on?" And I start crying cuz I'm going I'm really confused. I'm starting to cry, Mom and Dad, you want me to be a turtle. You're changing me to be a turtle. I always wonder why God saved me that time. You know, back then I was already saved. I was already Christian in 1991. I was already a believer. I was thinking, why God? Why didn't you take me home? It would be much better to be in heaven than to suffer down on earth. Why? Why leave me here? After my accident, there was one thing I really, really need to do. I really need to get baptized. I wasn't baptized at the moment. I had gone to baptismal classes. I've done everything. I just didn't take the plunge, like Victor, but Victor's not here. <laughs> I didn't take the plunge. So I said, okay, finally, after the accident, a few months later, I said, I have to be baptized. I have to declare to the world that you are God, my God. I have to proclaim to to everybody that he is the one for me before I'm really finally taken from this earth. Now, I always wonder why am I here? Why did God leave me here? Uh, Sorry, back up. (laughs) Another thing I realized um, during my accident, I'm so grateful for my greater family in God. We have our family. We have our church family, but had another greater family in in Canada. There were, um, I don't know how many, countless believers uh, that prayed for me during that time. It was a very trying time for us because I was in a coma. I didn't know when I was going to wake up. Maybe two months, maybe a month later, maybe seven years. Who knows? But yeah. My greater, family, my greater Christian family were praying for me, from, from churches from Windsor, which is like next to Detroit, the United States, all the way across to the city of Montreal, which is the next province. There were this whole band of Christians that I knew back then. They were all praying for me. And I'll be really forever indebted to them. My family were really indebted to them for praying for me, because there was nothing the doctors could do anymore. Um, it was amazing, because when I did uh, find out later that many people came to visit me. And the nurses also commented that they've never seen so many people come and go and come and come again. And I I don't know how many, but it's just must a lot that they made this comment. But in this experience, like I said, the doctors did all they could for me. The next thing was for us to pray. And that's all we could do. My family had to let go and let God do his work. Now, one thing, um, as I was saying, I always wonder why all these things happen. And as the Bible says in one of my readings one day, uh, God says and to, to the uh, Israelites, and I can't find it, <laughs> to the Israelites. It's found in Psalms chapter 78, verse 4 to 7. He says to them, we will not hide from their descendants. We will tell the next generation. We will not hide the miracles that God performs for the Egyptians, against the Egyptians for the Israelites. Okay. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. We will tell of his power and his strength, his wonders that he has done. Now, the Lord decreed, Statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel. The law that we have now too is very similar, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, okay, our children, so that the next generation, us, would know him. Even the children yet to be born, and they in turn will tell their children. I will tell Sharissa. Sharissa will tell her children. Then they will put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds but would keep his commands. Now this is what I should do with my stories. I should tell you, tell you of all the wonders that God has given me, you know, has, has displayed in my life. And he will too in yours. And you will amass all these stories. We'll have a big host of people with all these amazing stories of God, all these miracles that happen. And we've got to tell them to our children, to the next generation, to encourage them, they need to be given guidance you know, as we go along this journey of life. Okay? We have to make God real in their lives. He was really real to me at that moment when I hit that wall. <laughs> he was really real to me when I was spending a hard time in the hospital to bring me back to life. It was amazing because it was, a, a, I guess, a near-death experience. And one of my pastors asked me, did you see anything? I said, see anything? Did I see a light? Did it say, go back? Um, sorry. <laughs> I didn't see any light. I didn't see anyone or hear any voices telling me to go back. But yet I'm here. Okay? But I need to tell this to you guys. You know, that God did amazing things. I nearly became paralyzed. I nearly lost my life. But yet God saw fit to keep me here. I don't know why, but I'm here. <laughs> Thank you, Disney. <laughs> okay. We struggle, we struggle all the time in life. This is sanctification. We've been saved once for all time by grace. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. Right? We've been saved for all time. And we don't have to do anything anymore. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. We sometimes cheapen Christ's sacrifice by trying to amplify what he's already done. We don't have to do anything. We just need to let go and let God. That's one thing I live by, let go and let God. God has already rescued us from eternal death, but he saves us every day from the daily struggles that we have. That's what I'd like to share with you this morning. Let me share with you one time When God just blew me away, I never thought that God would work like this for me. Just really strange. Okay, as spring was coming to a close, I was made aware of a visiting pastor and his wife who needed accommodations for 10 days in Hong Kong. The usual places were all full. Sounds a little like Joseph and Mary, but not so grand and a bit of a twist. We, the elders and under-shepherds of the church, were asked to find an economical hotel so that we can put them up. Okay, fine. A week later, another need arises, and a similar call is asked. We need to find a cheap hotel for a team visiting from China. Okay, we'll try. So, one Sunday afternoon, I think, okay, I'll try one of these online hotel booking services. No names, no endorsements. So I go on my little trusty handy phone and I check it out. Ah, here's a good one. Ooh, here's an even better one. I proceed to WhatsApp Pastor Mike. Mike, should should I press the button? It's a really good deal. Bing. Mike replies, yeah, it's a good deal, but You should check with King. King, I wonder. That's strange. Okay, well, I proceed to WhatsApp King. King, limited time offer, non-refundable. It's a really good deal. Should I press the button? Bing. A little while later, I get a message from King. Ah, it's a much better price than this other online service, which I won't name. But it's very close to the church, but a little far from the MTR. Have you booked it already, Matt? King. Not yet, King. Not yet. It's not that far. It's about maybe 20 minutes walking distance. But then at that time, Mike pops in. No! Five to ten minutes walking from the MTR. It's an easy journey, especially if you lived in China. Okay, fine. I'm pressing the button. I'm making the hotel booking now. Okay, date of arrival, ding. Date of departure, ding. Credit card number, ding. Authorization code, ding. It's done. Then, a few moments later, Matt, it looks good, but can they add a third bed? Does any of the rooms in the hotel have three beds?" The pastor and the wife, three beds? I think. It's interesting. Okay, well, third bed, what for? I guess they can, additional costs. Wait a minute, I've already pressed the button. It's too late. We're in horror I finally realized we're all cross-talking. I'm booking a hotel for the pastor and his wife. They think I'm booking a hotel for the China team. I'm going to be out-of-pocket money for 10 days to two people. That's a lot of money. So, what do I do? What do I, do? I frankly call the online service. Please, please, there's been a misunderstanding. There's been a mishap. There's been a dual booking at the same hotel. They tell me, sorry. (laughs) It's the hotel that can revise the booking, it's not us. So you have to call them. So I call the hotel. But on Sunday afternoon, the reservation department is closed. Please leave a message. Okay. I start to panic. My heart is thumping, thumping, thumping. With every minute that passes, that I have to, that I have to wait for Monday morning, my, f- my hope of it ever being reversed is fading away. Come Monday morning, call the hotel. The hotel says, sorry, we gotta check with the online services. The online services tell me to check the hotel. The hotel tells me to check the online services. Around and around and around, ping pong, bing, 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 bing. I feel like there's no way out. There, no one's taking responsibility. What should I do now? What are my options? Humanly, one, cancel my credit card. Yeah. (laughs) Say it's lost. I don't know where it went. Two, eat it. (sighs) Stay 10 days in the hotel. Seems kind of ridiculous because I already have a home in Hong Kong. Spending a third of my month in a hotel. (laughs) Three, bargain with the hotel, tell them I'll honor the booking, but just on those dates, I'll use it up sometime within the year, you know, outside of peak hours, of course. Sounds reasonable? Yeah? Of course, that sounds good. But I start to panic. (laughs) Those things sound good to me, humanly, right? Sounds great. But God has another plan, a whole different plan after talking with the hotel and the online services for three days, three days, after countless of calls, the hotel says, sorry, no transfers, no deferrals. So, option one, option two, option three. Option three is dead. Option one and two, what should I do? But, in light of the dual booking, they realize it's a, it's a, a double booking for the same pastor, for the same Wife, his wife, of course. (laughs) Same dual booking. They'll cancel four days. 40% off. Okay, but I still have six days. I gotta, you know, eat it. So I thought, okay, I'll say there's six days. But I haven't told my wife. She doesn't know anything about this. I'm like going crazy in the back at work. Trying to call the hotel, trying to change everything. But I haven't told her. I have to tell her because six days, where am I going to go? <laughs> She's going to go thinking about many other things. <laughs> so I have to tell my wife panic. So, you know what? She really is the better half. <laughs> I tell her. She calls the hotel. It's like magic. I don't know what she said, I don't know what she did. I provide my supporting proof that there's a double booking, these are the names, but she does all the work. She just, It's like poof. It just disappears. The problems go away. It's just, it's just so amazing, my wife. <laughs> I don't know. In a matter, I think it was a day or maybe more or less, she untangles the problems completely. The problems just disappear. Now, there's one thing I missed. Being in Hong Kong, what can God do with me? I always thought of being a tent maker, like Paul. That's one reason why I came to Hong Kong, to try and carry out his will by doing work, being able to support myself and also support the church, right? That's what Paul did. I felt this call when I was a lot younger, you no. Know when I was still in Canada, when I was in high school. University, I went to Urbana, even, in Chicago. And it was amazing, because during those three, four days, they had many high power speakers talk to us. Ravi Zacharias talked to us. And all that was like, mm, OK, it was a great experience. But the most memorable thing I can still recall wasn't what Ravi said. Wasn't all the courses we went through, all the books that we purchased, that wasn't it. There's it was one night, it just burns in my memory. One person shared with us how a lone bus driver, because in, in Urbana, it's a big campus, they have to have buses shuttle you around to all the, all the buildings. One night, a lone bus driver, after speaking with one of the, one of the uh, can, uh, participants, dedicated his life. To Christ, and the whole hall just cheered. It was amazing. Twenty thousand Christians just cheering, praising, clapping their hands, and just it just brought tears to my eyes. I really felt like this is amazing. And at that one moment in time, I felt this is a taste of heaven. It's just so amazing. Imagine one bus driver causes twenty thousand people to just celebrate. What's it like for God in heaven? One of us just turns our life away from sin to him. All of heaven just cheers. Imagine, heaven has been there for a very long time. <laughs> and there's, been a, there's a lot of people there. <laughs> so that's more than 20,000 people. It's just amazing. Now, what's the lessons I can learn from all this throughout my whole life, okay? This is just not these few stories that I've told you. Not just these few... Not just these few stories I've told you, but it's a continual thing in my life. These are some things that I look to for guidance, for direction. It helps me. Let go and let God. The car accident. The surgeons did all they could to piece me together. All we could do was pray, let go, let God. Our salvation. Christ came down He gave the ultimate sacrifice of his life. There's nothing we can do. We just let go and let God. This hotel booking, to me, maybe to you is minor, but to me it was a big deal. It was was 10 days. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) Let go, let God. Next, do your best, and God will do the rest. We don't just sit around we trust in Him. We do all that we can. You know, it was very tempting to cut my card, to cancel my credit card, and say it was lost. You know, that was so easy, so simple. But there was a story that God wanted me to learn and to share with you. Next, be honest, maintain your integrity, honor God, and He will honor you. There's so many things in life that will happen to you. Maintain your integrity. Be totally honest with yourself, with your loved ones. You know? There, there are many stories I have elsewhere where honesty really is the best policy. The consequences may be difficult and uncomfortable, but being honest really does, you know, protect you, guide you, and builds character. It's much better than gold, even pure gold. Integrity will last forever. Always listen to your spouse, your significant other. (laughs) Where two are made one, God put you two together for some reason. There's a reason. That was my reason. That's probably not the only reason, but there's more, I'm pretty sure. And of course, pray. Pray positively. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for us. You know, what has God done in your life this week? Look closely you'll be amazed, you'll be surprised. In, everything, in everyday life, I'll give you an example. I was cutting this orange, peeling it, and eating it. Sometimes, parts of the orange was dry. Parts of the orange was juicy. And I said, hmm, this orange is still good for me. It still has vitamin C. It's good for the body. And then I thought, hey, this is like the Bible. Some parts are really juicy, really amazing. Some parts are a little dry. But, as a whole thing, it's good for you, okay? And again, even with all the rain, you know, as we're walking around, we try trying to avoid all the puddles, right? We don't want to get our shoes wet, get our socks wet. So I'm looking down, making sure, no problems, no puddles. It's like life, making sure there's no problems, don't fall into a pit. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I forget to look up. We have to look up sometimes. Look on the ground, sure. Avoid the potholes, sure. But remember to keep your eyes looking up. I'll go on. Those are some of the things I'd like to share. But remember, most importantly, it's not about me. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus, God. Okay, same thing. Trinity, three, three, thing, three in one. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's all about God. And I'm just here, left here on earth to suffer like the rest of you, um, to help point you to Him. In everything I do, in everything I say, hopefully you'll see Him in me. Him in me. Okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this church. For giving us a family, Lord, this greater family, Lord, of you. To be with each other, to share the love that we have, to share the fellowship that we have, to share the pure joy that we can see in you with us, Lord. I know that there are many things in life that will happen. And like the footprints in the sand, you're there with us, walking beside us. And at times, you'll be carrying us. We don't have to worry. You are with us always. Lord God, I pray that as Christians, we be able to gather these stories and be able to transfer them, share them, Lord, with the next generation to encourage those, Lord, that are new Christians to know, Lord, that you are God and to be able to proclaim that you are the one and only for us. Father, I'd just like to pray and commit To you, our lives, and that you will do good things with us. Your name, do we pray? Amen.